Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. This week's episode, inspiration comes from Laura. Here's what she had to say. I would love to hear you expand upon your approach to minimalism, including with a baby or toddler. Recently on Instagram, I did one of those make an assumption about me style story things and someone made the assumption that I'm a minimalist. And I said, yeah, I kind of am. And that led me to sharing a few of my minimalist ways. It's been really interesting since I did that little series. People have been really interested specifically in what we do that's minimalist rather than more general stuff. Look, honestly, being a content creator is such a mind bend sometimes because half the time your audience wants you to relate your content directly to them and other times they want to know exactly how you do it. So honestly, it's anyone's guess what you lot want half the time. So this has been requested. Here are some minimalist things that we do in our house. This is the stuff that we found that works for us. It doesn't have to work for you, but there were quite a few people that were interested in details. So here they are. We are very minimal on toys. Our kid is two and she's got lots of stuffed animals that people have bought for her. And she's got a few things like a toy trolley and a cash register that we got secondhand. She's never had bath toys. She's thrilled with an old jug from the kitchen to make coffee with and an empty shampoo bottle that she uses for a rocket. We've found that kids just really like grown up things. So our girl loves nothing more than writing on a scrap of paper with a pen out of mum's drawer. We do have an outrageous amount of books for her and we regularly buy more. We're the same with art supplies, but that's kind of what we're choosing to be loose about. Education and creativity are really high priorities for us. So that's why she has an enormous box of pencils and crayons and very few actual toys. This may change as she gets older, but for now, that's what's working for us and for her. Another thing we do is we use up all of our toiletries before we buy more. So this just avoids four different types of shampoo in the shower and three different tinted moisturizers in my makeup drawer. If I buy a product that I don't love, I just suck it up and use it unless it gives me allergies. I've got kind of weird, lightly sensitive skin, so it'll just be perfectly fine for nine months and then it will just go red and itchy and weird for no reason. Uh, Unless I can definitely pinpoint that the itchiness is related to a product, I will just keep using the product because I just really hate wasting things. This rule nearly broke me though when I tried a shampoo bar that just completely dried my hair out. But shampoo bars last like six months. I don't know if anyone out there has tried a shampoo bar, but I swear to you, they it's like they're in this weird infinite loop of just never ending shampoo bar. So I ended up using it as soap instead and just went back to co-washing my hair, which is a curly girl technique where I wash my hair with conditioner rather than shampoo. When it comes to towels and linen, we have what we call our dank towels and they're our old ones that we use when we spill things or need a dirty towel. We have two sets of family towels. There's three of us, so that's six in total. We've got one set of guest towels, which is four in total. If we have more guests than four, which hardly ever happens because We live on a big property, but our house is quite modest in size. We just ask them to bring a towel. We have two sets of king sheets for our bed and we swap each week. Although I do have, there's a caveat here. We have a dryer and we have solar power. So minimal linen may not be practical or sustainable for everyone. 
One of our big things with minimalism is that we don't let other people fill our house with crap. I am a stickler for this. If someone brings a box of old plates to my house to see if I want them, I will literally pick up the box and put it back in their car if I can't see myself using them. Or if I'm at someone's house and they try to give me a stack of books I don't want, I'll just leave them there. I do have to say many people don't like me doing this and I've received third third party feedback on how offended one person in particular has been over this and I don't care. Other people's unwanted items are not my responsibility. By all means, offer me your stuff. I might really want it, but I won't take it if it's not going to be useful to me and if it's not going to be useful, it's not coming into my house. We have also dramatically decreased our knickknacks and by knickknacks I mean little decorative items. I accumulated many ornaments and souvenirs over my life. And about 10 years ago, I donated them all. And this might not work for you, but I didn't need a tiny decorative mug I bought in Paris when I was 19. I remember being there. It was great. I have lots of photos of being there. This little mug and all its weird little friends were just collecting dust on my shelf. So we don't buy things like that anymore. And as our kid gets older, we will try very hard to not encourage or facilitate the purchasing of souvenirs and merchandise. Uh, We don't have excess plastic bags. We keep a few on hand if we have visitors who need one for wet clothes or something. But as a rule, we don't have an overflowing drawer of plastic bags because we don't get them very often because we take reusable bags to the supermarket. And yeah, we just don't end up with an overflowing drawer of plastic bags. We also decorate thoughtfully. We have a blanket ban on buying any decorator items unless we've thought about it and discussed it. We will never impulse buy a cushion or a throw rug. And as a result, we have a collection of beautiful Marameco cushions that we absolutely adore. And our shelves are full of plants in kitley pots. And we have no cheap seasonal decorator items. I will often wander through a chain store and see something that looks really cute, but I always resist buying it because I don't really need a little peach and copper colored divided tray on my coffee table that I'm going to be sick of in a year. So we refrain from buying things like that in the first place. We also don't have any good plates, cutlery or cups. All of our stuff is good and we use it every day. Our kid has about 10 tops and 10 pairs of tights and that's pretty much it. She's got one winter and one summer sleep bag. We get a lot of her stuff secondhand, but the trick is when someone brings over a bag of things for her, we pick out the stuff we'll use and donate or pass on the rest immediately. I just can't see the point in having boxes of things that you're not using. We tend to dress her in the same tennis outfits all the time, so that's really all we have. She generally ends up with two pairs of shoes per season, so two pairs of sandals for summer and two pairs of boots for winter. We like Bobux shoes, B-O-B-U-X, and we buy them secondhand when we can, or I will put a shout-out in any of our local daycare school groups to see if anyone has a pair that they would like to give us or that we can buy from them. She doesn't really like dresses. She says that they're sticky when she's climbing because she'll go to climb and her foot will go on the dress and she'll like slip off. So she's really all about the leggings and the t-shirts, you know, and we live in the country and she's a daycare too. So there's literally no point in her looking like a catalog baby. Having said that, if you love dressing your kid in cute little outfits and it brings you joy, absolutely go for it. This is something that just isn't important to her or us. So we don't waste our time, money or energy on it. We do have a few cute things that we wrestle her into occasionally when we want her to look a bit presentable, but they're really few and far between. 
on that note, we, uh, the adults in the family, myself and Ben, we only have one set of sneakers, one pair of swimmers and one beach towel. Look, I actually do have two pairs of swimmers. One's for sports swimming because I do swim laps and I've got another set of swimmers that are like a little bit cuter for, you know, going to the beach or going to the pool, but that's it. I don't replace them every year. I did replace my cute swimmers this year, but my old cute swimmers I had for like six years before then and they just weren't really fitting very appropriately anymore. So I replaced them and I'm only replaced them with one. So I don't have like a wardrobe of cute swimmers. We have a lot of outdoor appliances and we have committed to buying only in one brand and that brand is Makita. The reason why we do that is that they're in the same battery family and this cuts down on batteries and cords. It's also a brand that Ben really likes and enjoys their products. So he's committing to having appliances in the one family. We each have one great suitcase that uh, our suitcases are from Muji. Our kid doesn't have a suitcase. We just chuck her clothes in one of ours. These suitcases were pricey when we bought them, but we've had them for years and we've been all over the world and they still look and function brilliantly. Muji still sells the suitcases that we have. It's just their standard suitcase. We've got two big ones and one small one. We're actually looking at getting another small one so that we each have a small one when we go away on weekends. But that's after having our small suite of three suitcases for I'd say close to 10 years now and understanding that we do require an additional small suitcase. So that will be another thing that we're adding to our suitcase collection. On books, I don't keep fiction books. I like to buy them because I like reading real books and my library often has a big wait list for the ones that I want, but I pass them on immediately. I also really love supporting writers by buying their work. And I firmly believe that you can never spend too much money on books or have too many books in your house. Books are one of our minimalist free passes. We use Dr. Bronner's soap for pretty much everything. If you have not come across Dr. Bronner's, it's uh, like an organic Castile soap that you can buy from health food stores and, you know, hippie, hippie, woo woo stores. We buy the big, big bottles and we use it for our dish soap. We use it watered down for hand soap and we use it for shower gel. And it just means we have one big bottle instead of a different product for every area of the house. It's just less waste, less fuss, and we can just buy a big bottle and not have to worry about it for a while. We don't keep cards or invitations. So like if someone invites me to a wedding and sends me a paper invitation, I will recycle the invitation shortly after their wedding. But we do save wrapping paper for reusing. We also keep all of our kids' artwork and use it for wrapping paper and cards. So we've got this big box of all of her paintings and things, and I'm just going to not buy wrapping paper or cards because her stuff's really cute. So I'm going to use that. Our kid has one drink bottle and we guard it with our lives because it's the only one she'll drink a decent amount out of. We've never really felt the need to get another one because if you look after it, you really only need one. Hers is a camelback and we researched it so hard and it's been fantastic. It's leak proof and it's sturdy and she really likes it. It's got ladybugs on it. She chose it. It's been a really, really good purchase. 
our kid doesn't have plastic kid bowls. We never bought any for her and we never really had any plastic spoons or anything. We just used metal ones. She uses um, just ceramic plates that we use even when she was tiny. She broke one bowl, which was like an old cheap Ikea one when she was little by accident and she was just kind of looked at it on the floor all smashed up and kind of went, whoa, they break if you drop them. And she just hasn't dropped one since. She's got this little kid cutlery set that was her dad's when he was little. And it's a little ceramic puppy and bunny rabbit knife and fork set. Like we wouldn't have bought that, but it's a really cute thing to have. And it's secondhand. His mum brought it to our house for us and it's been really useful. But most of the time she just uses regular cutlery and plain glass tumblers like we do. This is a big one that a lot of people freak out about. I don't have a wallet. I just keep my Medicare card and license in the glove box of the car. I have my credit card on my Apple watch and that's all I need. 99% of the time I just double click and my credit cards right there. I don't keep receipts. I will take a photo of it on my phone immediately and then throw it away. Then if I need the receipt, I will use the geolocation on my photos to find it if I need it again. Another thing we did was we stopped buying joke gifts, knickknacks, souvenirs, merchandise, and obligatory gifts a really long time ago because we always regretted it. We pretty much have permanently tapped out of the gift giving cycle. We give wedding gifts and significant birthday gifts, but that's it. If we have a kid's birthday party, we give crayons, which are low waste and stickers, which are consumable wrapped up in our daughter's artwork. If a friend has a birthday, we'll take them out for lunch. For parents, we buy fancy wine and drink it with them. So far, no one has disowned us. (laughs) This has also dramatically decreased the amount of gifts we get given to, which is excellent because we don't need anything and neither does our kid. We also have a one-in-one-out policy. That means that if we want to buy something like a new pair of pants, we have to give away or donate an existing pair. We're really not into multiples. Uh, Singular things are our bag. We, for example, we only have one travel coffee cup each, one reusable water bottle each, one sun hat each, one set of sunglasses each. I actually have two pairs of sunnies. One is for outdoor fitness and running, so they have slightly different requirements. But we avoid having multiples of items unless it's 100% necessary. So I don't buy fashion sunglasses anymore. I have one really expensive pair of Randolph sunglasses that are perfect and I wear them every day. I don't feel the need to have a wardrobe of fashion sunglasses. If fashion sunglasses are your bag and you love them and you require lots of them to feel jolly and excellent every day when you get dressed, that's totally your prerogative. But this episode is just about choosing the areas that you care about being a minimalist in and choosing the areas that it is important for you to not be a minimalist in. So if that means sunglasses for you, go for it. In terms of craft supplies, I never buy any unless I know what it's for and I'm a chronic stash buster. I make scrap projects constantly and I will often have totally empty yarn drawers, which I know just sounds bananas to anyone who is a yarn crafter, but I actually deplete my stash quite often. I'm a crocheter for the record and very early on in my crocheting journey, I purchased a complete set of my favorite kind of hook, which are clover amours and I don't have any other kinds of hooks. Crocheting is actually an excellent eco hobby because you can make dishcloths and reusable string bags and you can make gifts for people. I highly recommend you learn how to do it. If you don't already know, I do actually have a crochet course that you can join. You can go to crochetcoach.com to find that if you would like to learn to crochet. 
Another thing we do is that we make do. When we started making lunches for our kids, I just used an old stainless steel stackable lunchbox that we already had. And it's really great. So I didn't feel the need to buy a brand new one for her. And I'm hoping she'll still be using it when she's 20. Uh, Another thing is, is that I have basically given up on makeup. I use a primer, tinted moisturizer, concealer, and mascara most days. I have a tiny nude eyeshadow palette that has two colors in it. It's a NARS one. And um, I've got an eyeliner that I use for special occasions. And that's literally everything in my makeup bag. Minimalist makeup bags might not be available to everyone though. So do choose your battles. I personally have a low maintenance face, but I have high maintenance hair. So I have a very small amount of face stuff and like a whole drawer full of hair stuff. Just work with the reality that you have. It's totally fine to have a product heavy skin routine and a product light makeup routine. You don't have to be all or nothing in your minimalist journey. Another thing we did was we never had a nappy bag. We just used a tote bag and more recently an Ikea backpack that I love. I've mentioned the Ikea backpack several times and I will figure out a way to share things with you guys visually for podcasts if I forget to pop them in the show notes. Can I just take a moment to recommend backpacks? I switched to backpacks from handbags about a decade ago and I have zero regrets. My favorite one is from Ikea. It's flat and green. It's the best one I've ever bought and it's now my forever backpack. It's light, thin and pretty dang stylish. It fits baby wipes, snacks, nappies, water bottles, spare kids clothes. It's also great for going to people's houses. Two bottles of wine fit in there super snugly and you've got your hands free to carry the dessert you made. Go backpacks. I still find the concept of nappy bags confusing. They're just bags, right? Like it's the same with breastfeeding chairs. They're just chairs. Honestly, no judgment if setting up a perfect nursery for your kid fills you with joy. Absolutely do it. Just know that our kid slept in a bassinet of her stroller until she was three months old in a room full of boxes because we'd just moved. You do not have to buy into the whole baby industry thing unless you want to. I'm just giving you permission to chuck your kid in a secondhand onesie and give a middle finger to any aesthetic parenting expectations. You don't have to buy into that unless you want to. Another thing that we do is we get rid of things that don't function immediately. Recently, I bought a pair of very expensive socks and for some reason they slide on my heels and give me blisters no matter what shoes I'm wearing. I can't wear them around the house because they seem to be made of Teflon and I keep slipping over. None of my friends wanted them, so I donated them. It really sucked. They were merino and really expensive, but keeping them wasn't going to make them good value for money and they were just cluttering up my drawers. So I sent them off to Vinnie's, hoping that someone will buy this beautiful, barely new, barely used pair of merino socks in a house where they're not going to slip over all the time. We are also big into mending. I have very basic sewing skills, so I can replace buttons and take up pants and fixed a burst seam. I also use color change. That's C-U-L-L-A change to dye clothes to give them new life. I really love visible mending as well. Something has to be completely useless or not fixable before we will consider getting rid of it. So yeah, get into mending. I love mending. We try to buy once and buy well. I have a pair of Bose over ear headphones that I paid 
$500 for a decade ago. Oh, I just had a little heart palpitation admitting that publicly, but they were the best purchase ever. I could have bought a cheap pair of headphones every year for $70 to $150 and ended up with a drawer of headphones that sometimes worked and sometimes didn't. It's so important to recognize privilege here and it's not always an available option for everyone, but if you have the option, spend more and spend better. I was a very broke budding copywriter back then and that $500 was an enormous purchase, but it was actually doable. So yeah, have a a think about your circumstances and whether or not you actually can afford to buy better because a lot of the time you actually can. I also have quite a few clothing rules. I won't go through them here in this episode. They are in the episode on style as well, but I have style rules that stop me from buying things that don't work well with my style. And that is also a form of minimalism. So make sure you hunt down the fashion style episode so that you can hear my minimalism when it comes to the way that I dress. In terms of athletic wear, I have one set of exercise tights and I wear them for five workouts a week and I wash them on the weekend. And I've gotten feedback that a lot of people think this is gross, but I reckon it's no different from wearing the same pair of pants for a five hour hike. I have three of the same long sleeve cotton top that I wear in winter. I change tops every day, every second day, depending on how stinky I got. And I've got two of the same tank top that I wear in summer. And here's my reasoning on the single pair of tights thing. So I used to have like six pairs of workout tights, but I found myself just wearing the same ones every day. My exercise of choice is high intensity training. So my tights have to be like super glue. If I find a pair I can wear that don't fall down, I wear them every day and I ignore all the others. So why do they even need to exist? They don't. So this is just me being very practical and very logical and admitting that I only wear one pair of tights and getting rid of all the other ones. I hope that that will give you the inspiration to do the same thing. Another weird form of minimalism that we have in our house is that we eat low carb, high fat. So our grocery list is really straightforward. We buy lots of veggies, lots of protein, eggs, and dairy. We don't often buy rice, pasta, or grains. We don't regularly purchase snack foods like crisps or chocolate. That doesn't mean we don't have treats. We're just more likely to have a treat out and about rather than at home. And this means that our cupboard and fridge is relatively sparse and we can see when we need items simply from the gap that it's made on the shelf. We also don't eat sugar because it doesn't make us feel good. So We don't have a lot of sauces and things in our cupboard because there's hidden sugar in a lot of things. I'm not saying you need to give up sugar, just saying that that's another minimalist thing that has contributed to our lives being simplified through shopping and also through storing food by eating just real food that comes from the ground and that kind of thing. We also don't buy kitchen things. We've got one round cake tin, one muffin tray and an enamel bake dish that doubles as a slice tin. And that's it. I keep meaning to buy a loaf tin for banana bread, but I just use the round tin and it's fine. I'm not much of a baker though. So don't feel like that has to be your path. If making complicated layer cakes every weekend is your jam. Baking things can totally be one of your non-minimalism areas. Just own it and have all the sprinkles and the piping equipment and all of that kind of stuff if it brings you joy. Minimalism is not about being miserable. It's just about choosing the areas that it is important to you to have the things that you need and going minimalist in the areas of, with for things that you don't feel that you need lots of. 
Just for a little bit of balance, here are some other things that we do. These ones are examples of non-minimalist stuff that we do that we need to work on. Just so that you know that we don't live in this really weird house where we don't allow things to exist. That's not what our house is like at all. One thing that we suck out a lot is that we buy a lot of food preparation machines. We're a lot better than we used to, but we still have a giant sous vide that we haven't used in years that's cluttering up the space under our stairs. I also bought a Vicola for making jam. That's like a big, like buckety thing that seals jam that you make from scratch so that it doesn't go off. And I've used it once since we've moved here. So that's definitely an area that we need to work on. We also have a really tough time with socks. So my partner can wear through a pair in a matter of weeks and our kid is deeply obsessed with being barefoot a hundred percent of the time. So she loses socks constantly. I've just got many single socks floating around and I can't find a good system to prevent this sock hell with my sock challenged family. And every sock tip I've read is ridiculous, like safety pinning them together. Am I supposed to just like chase my two-year-old around with a safety pin waiting for the moment that she just takes them off and flings them to the ground with gleeful abandon? I just don't believe that there is a good solution to this problem unless you live alone. So we end up buying a lot of socks and have lots of single socks floating around. And I hate both of those things, but there just doesn't seem to be a good solution. Another problem we have, and I think this is a really important one to bring up, my partner gets migraines. So we're always buying remedies or gadgets and medicines for him that sometimes end up getting wasted because we have to throw them away because they don't work. But you know what? That's life. We try really hard to not be wasteful in other areas. And if we have to throw away an almost full bottle of new nose spray that didn't work for him, well, that's just what has to happen. I just wanted to acknowledge that there are things like that that you can try to be minimalist with or waste-free with. And sometimes you just have to suck it up and do it because curing him, curing him of migraines would just be life-changing. So it's important for us to try all of the things that we possibly can to make him well. Another weird one is that our kid has fine, slippery toddler hair and nothing stays in her hair except tiny little kid rubber bands. And I can't get them out without pulling her hair and her screaming blue murder. So I often cut them out and I know it's wasteful and I don't love it, but reusable ones that, you know, are made of fabric just slip right out and hair clips last a hot second before she wrenches them out of her hair and tries to put them in her teddies. I only put her hair up if I absolutely have to. If I can gently get the rubber band out, I do, but sometimes I have to cut it out and just get on with my evening. No biggie. Another issue that we have is that we buy a lot of stuff online, which means a lot of packaging. We live in the country and our nearest mall is 50 minutes away and it's a very basic mall. So we like to research things and the stuff that we want to buy often has to be purchased online and we're okay with this. You just have to make compromises somewhere. <sighs> That's all the minimalist stuff that we do in our house. I hope that was helpful to you. This week for the Patreon supporters, I have an epic ebook with 97 very excellent minimalist tips, and that is available via Patreon to anyone who supports the show for $5 or more per month. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits. You can also email me, contact at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. Also, if you love the show, please leave a rating and a review. It's the best way to help other people find the podcast. 
Until next time, remember, little habits, big life.